1: Welcome to Ask the Expert North Texas here on News Radio 1080 KRLD. I'm David Rankin
0: and I'm Kristen Diaz. Alrighty, so so much has been going on with our weather. I mean, let alone we know here in North Texas, we've been dealing with the extreme heat and drought situations that we already know that wreaks havoc in so many different ways. But then just nationwide, there's been a whole bunch of mix of things. I mean, from Tropical Storm Harold, and then we had Tropical Storm Hillary just before that in California, receiving not only a tropical storm the first time in 80 years, but also an earthquake. So all of this extreme weather, You know, it goes hand in hand with our insurance, our insurance policy, wanting to make sure that we are covered. Today on Ask the Expert, we have Jeff Arnold, who is our insurance expert joining us right now uh, to kind of walk us through some of the things that we should keep in mind when we are speaking with our insurance agents to make sure that we are covered. So Jeff, thank you so much for the time.
2: Thank you so much, Kristen. A uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, happy to unpack some of the confusing things uh, <laughs> that are hidden amongst these legal contracts that we call insurance. So it should it, be fun.
0: Isn't, isn't that the truth too? Like, you know, we just sign on the dotted line. We know that, you know, we're expecting to get coverage and then sometimes things happen and we don't get the coverage that we expected. What's the number one pitfall that a lot of um, people fall, uh, fall into?
2: It's it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, at the top of the segment, you mentioned the word insurance and and dare I say it, that sends listeners scurrying for the button to move somewhere else. Right. It's it's not the most awesome, um, uh, cool, sexy subject to talk about. But, uh, you know, uh, so much of what we do is covered by insurance or we need insurance to make us whole. So with respect to your question about what what's the, the number one things that most people do or don't do when it comes to it. I would say from the from the top 30,000 foot level, it's this, that the number one mistake consumers make is to presume, assume, or believe that all policies are created equal, um, that it's just about how cheap you could get it. Because I would submit to your listeners that in no other industry is that true, right? Um, if you were to uh, pay $15,000 for a car, it's definitely going to be worth less or operate different than a $50,000 car. The same for your house, or if your partner takes you out to a fast food meal, it's gonna cost much less than a nice steak dinner, right? The same is true in insurance. We've just all been conditioned to believe that it's about price. So the number one thing for your listeners to to take away is um, uh, caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware, really understand what you're buying. And instead maybe of asking how cheap can you get this, ask the question, tell me what's not covered. Because what's not covered or in our industry, what we say what's excluded is where the, the anger uh, rises up at claims time.
1: Exactly. And, and, for example, you live in an area that might not be close to the ocean or near a big waterway and you have flooding. You might not have a flood insurance rider on your homeowner's insurance.
2: Absolutely true, right? So several things are not included and i'm trying not to use industry words because i don't want to i want to keep people engaged uh we call those endorsements and so you would add that coverage onto your policy and of course most people don't because of the expense but a uh falsely assuming that i I just need home insurance and it should have all this um it doesn't that's why it takes a little bit of time to uh understand it And, and even if you don't want to understand it again just change the conversation to how much or how cheap to tell me what's not covered and what else is offered and then make the decision based upon your own checkbook
0: you know so many insurance companies are actually leaving states they things have just gotten just way out of cost for them to continue to give coverage to certain people like florida has been a big problem child for a lot of you know agencies as a whole, what is the industry experiencing right now with being able to handle some of these extreme weather incidences and the coverage that follows?
2: It's absolutely a challenge for the industry, right? So if you think of in terms of my beloved industry, insurance, right, all roads pretty much lead back to Lloyds, Lloyds of London, right, or Europe for reinsurance. So uh, your insurance company buys a policy on the policies that you've bought to reinsure them against massive losses. Um Uh, we're seeing weather-related storms drive cost up, right, cost for your home insurance up. And then, of course, there's everything. I mean, the cost of wood, the cost of concrete, the cost of labor, that continually goes up. And so there's this other um, uh, fallacy that exists in a lot of consumers' minds that said, well, insurance should always go down when the price of everything goes up and the price of um, everything continues to go up, it's tough for it to go down. Um, The industry as a whole is a, is a very conservative and uh, well-funded and financed industry. But of course it's having challenges too, with all the, the extreme weather that you mentioned, we're going through it right now.
1: Insurance agents, are they in the business of helping the consumers? Are they just in the business of selling as much as possible? And the terms get so convoluted for most people, they don't necessarily understand. So they start to make mistakes.
2: It's a combination of all the above, right? So think of every stereotypical insurance joke you've ever heard. And we all nod in agreement, right? There's some validity to that. Um, But I would also suggest that They're a highly educated group of people in a very narrow field that focuses on legal contracts and the selling of legal contracts. Um, What happens is just because of the word insurance salesman is integrated into the vernacular, consumers are off put by I'm going to be sold something I don't need. And so that's very, very typical and very normal. Um, what, you know, some of my books, I talk about how to beat your insurance company, uh, and really the number one way to beat your insurance company quite candidly is to get an agent who's educated. And again, ask the questions, uh, don't start them with price. I know I'm repeating myself here, but pivot that conversation from price to coverage. Um, and then you make the decision on what you want.
0: Are there certain aspects of your policy coverage that are being limited or maybe removed without that person's knowledge or do you have to be like notified if things change in your coverage
2: it's a great question um certainly each state has a little bit of a nuance to it because uh insurance companies are regulated at each state level um however there is no state that allows a carrier an insurance company an underwriter to remove coverages without notifying you right um what happens, though, let's just focus on the narrow subject of home insurance. Admittedly, you're you're very, very busy. You open the mail. It's from your insurance company. Not going to be the first thing you open, right? Especially if it's a renewal. Uh, but tucked among the page two or three would say, this policy has been changed as follows. Read carefully. Uh, n- n- none of us read carefully. And <laughs> we find those things out at claims time, which is... Uh, very very unfortunate it's a black eye on the industry that i love so much but uh no they cannot remove reduce extract coverage from your policy without notifying you
1: wall street journal came out with an article today talking about the fact that homeowners are basically taking a very large gamble because the cost of home ownership is going our cost of home insurance is going so high that they're saying I'm just not going to get home insurance what's the danger what are real dangers in that
2: yeah i think um there's a great article by the way a friend of mine uh, co-authored that it uh, or, or was a contributor to it uh 12 of the u.s population is uninsured on their home or their dwelling right i'm um, you realize of course if you have a mortgage or you're paying on it the the lenders gonna require you to have it or they're gonna force their own coverage, which is way more expensive and and much less coverage than than you need. But um, the the alternatives to getting a regular home insurance policy are are a few. We can't go through them in this entire, the short conversation, I'll be succinct. Um, But you could certainly strip down your home policy to just the basics to just cover for things like wind, fire, hail, lightning. And then exclude all the coverages for, say, liability, for dog bites, for your jewelry, your guns, your furs, for all your contents. And that would be a way to save money. But then again, everyone wants to insure most. If you were to turn your house upside down and shake it out, everybody really wants to insure that stuff more than the house if something happens, right? They want the house covered, but they want all their belongings, their goods, their contents insured as well.
0: Now, we talk about not having insurance at all, but even when you have insurance, sometimes you feel like you don't have insurance at all because it, you're afraid of the penalty that you might accept by putting in a claim. Can we talk about that?
2: Absolutely. And so you remember, you, you are always, uh, as a policyholder, you have the right to file a claim or not to file a claim and to ask, right, an agent or your company, D- does this make sense? Um, as a general rule, we would say this, um, it, you know, if it's just a little bit over your deductible do not file it do not file these nuisance claims because now when you go to sell your whole we'll talk about home insurance again now that's on your record as a claim especially if that's a water claim or something else that's very small probably, probably don't want that on there um, another important thing to save money and it dovetails into this claim question you're talking about is uh, gone are the days of a $500 deductible on your home policy. Just stop that now, right? So <laughs> get mentally prepared for a $2,500 or $5,000 deductible for two reasons. Premium reduction, cost savings for you, um, removing the temptation for you to file in a $1,000 or a $1,500 claim that's gonna penalize you later. And so those are some really good key takeaways to A, get some instant premium savings, be um, just to use the home insurance policy for what it was written for and designed for. Catastroph- catastrophic losses uh, to your most important asset. It wasn't meant to be a maintenance platform.
1: You talked about shaking your house upside down and all the stuff that you have inside of it. If you're a renter, you don't own the building. And you might not think that renter's insurance is that important, but all that stuff that you're shaking out will have to go on the ground as well. Talk to me about the importance of renter's insurance.
2: It's a very valid point. Thank you, and a lot of people don't don't think about this, but uh, rent, renter's insurance is usually very inexpensive, right? I can give you a national scale from eight to $25 a month, right? So not, not very expensive. Um, and the majority reason people buy renter's insurance is of course, for the stuff, the contents, you tip up your apartment upside down, what comes out is that. Um, but also, um, you'd be amazed at the amount of liability claims on renter's insurance. What happens? Someone comes to your apartment, your place, they slip and fall on the stairs. They're not just suing your landlord, they're suing you too. And so without liability, you have a no defense. And so it's, it's a very important part of renter's insurance um, that people don't think about um, until you know, someone does sue them for a dog bite or a slip and fall.
0: It's also really interesting, too, how I was going through this recently. A lot of these landlords are covering the renter's insurance per you know uh, per the tenant. It's like, hey, we're throwing this already in there. You're covered. But if you want your own renter's insurance, then you can do that as well. Is there a difference? Should you get your own versus you just using what the landlord is covering for you?
2: Absolutely. I would never not ever rely on a third party securing coverage for myself or my contents right it's going to be full of exclusions like like any legal contract has exclusions right these legal contracts called insurance um and they're certainly probably going to be uh highly weighted to exclude all electronics laptops ipads phones probably none of that's covered no jewelry guns furs probably you know maybe a hundred dollars coverage very very limited again depending on the state and then if you're not the named insured, the company doesn't really have to defend you. There's no first right of defense, right? If you're, if you're a tertiary, we call that a tertiary party. Again, so many legal terms come into play because these are legal contracts. There's primary, secondary, and tertiary um, defendants. You, you, people, they would defend, you would be third in line. Uh, it's, not, it's not sexy, but it's fun to unpack it and learn about it. <laughs> and
0: it, you know what? And it's it's an opportunity for people to listen on a conversation that sometimes they don't necessarily have the opportunity to have themselves. So, Jeff, you. don't thank want to you. hear it either. Yeah. <laughs> well, they need to. It's good information. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. That is Jeff Arnold on today's Ask the Expert.